Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Investing Show. And today, I had the real flip boss, Craig Martinez, on my podcast. And we talked a lot about entrepreneurship, being successful in entrepreneurship. And some topics of real estate as well. Hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Craig. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So to begin with, could you give the audience like an overview about who you are, where you're from, and what you're about, like your background? Well, my background, uh, I was born in New York originally and, and moved to South Florida when I was 12 and uh, was a pretty bad kid in school. I just, uh, you know, ADD, and they said I had ADD. I never paid attention. I uh, got left back in the fifth grade, got in trouble. I uh, was the worst kid in school in elementary school, the worst kid in school in middle school. I didn't do anything really crazy bad. I just really just didn't, uh, I was always bored in school. So I never really uh, had the attention. Um, the teachers never had my attention. So uh, I ended up dropping out in the ninth grade, started working in construction and, and, and different jobs here and there. I actually had my own uh, mobile uh, detailing company that I started using my dad's truck and a big water tank. and. I did that. That didn't last too long. I didn't. I didn't like the fact that it was hot in South Florida, sweating so much, and just, you know, the, the manual labor really beat me up pretty good. But I did start working at a car dealership, and um, uh, I, I was a porter, a lot attendant. Uh, I washed cars for the dealership. I, I washed Hondas in the uh, in the nineties, and I, I used to see these salespeople. I heard they made a lot of money, so I wanted to learn how to sell. So eventually, I got into sales. And I did really well in sales and, and grew up the ranks, you know, into management, sales management, finance management. I just really put a lot of work into it. I was pretty passionate about it, but it was really more about making money for me. I had, I, I had kids young. I had my first kid at 21. So uh, I really wanted to make sure that I could support them and, and, and you know, make, get the bills paid and, and give them the best possible life that I could. So I uh, did the automotive thing for, for years and then I got burnt out, lost my first marriage and realized that at some point I needed to do something different. Um, when I when I met my my second wife, uh, she really saw that I should have been an entrepreneur and pushed me to get out there and 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 and, and take a chance in real estate because I always had passion for real estate. In between my car jobs, I had a mortgage company for four years uh, right before the crash. So I started doing some real estate investing. So I like uh, I, I enjoyed the the real estate idea, the game. Read the Robert Kiyosaki books, and you know, <laughs> that's how everyone gets you know, started. Yeah, I go, you know, everybody, anybody that's read uh, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, once you're done reading that, if you have like any half a brain, you're gonna want to be a real estate investor. Because, you know, all, he talks about financial freedom and passive income, yeah. and, uh, uh, the the cash flow quadrant, right? And employee, uh, self-employed, um, uh, uh, business owner. And uh, uh, let me see, employee. You got uh, self-employed, investor, uh, and business owner. Investor and business owner. Which now I was on the left side. How did I forget that? I should know that thing was uh, it was brainwashed for like ten years. But so uh, I was on that that side of the wrong side of the quadrant for years. And so I finally made the jump to go on the right side of the quadrant. Which is business owner investor. Today I'm a business owner investor, but uh, the journey was obviously a very tough one, personally, business-wise, financially. I ran completely out of money. All all the money that I saved in the automotive business, and I made some good money towards the end there. Um, I burned through all of it in my first year. Okay, 
And so that was a big lesson. And the lesson for me was I didn't follow the blueprint. I didn't follow the things that I had studied in my online classes. I started thinking I could just do it, you know, my own way on my own without following the blueprint because I was a, a good salesperson and a pretty darn good marketer. I ran the largest Lexus dealership sales and finance for six years. So I had a lot of sales experience, but I thought I was just going to run this business just the way that I was running the car business. And what I, what, what I needed to do was follow a blueprint the real estate investing blueprint that I had studied online from my online mentors. So after going through all that money year one, I decided to go back to the basics, study, restudied some of the blueprints that I had purchased in online classes. And I went right back to the grind. And uh, I, I then brought in someone, which was my cousin. He was my first, you know, right hand associate. And, uh, you know, that first year we, we hustled, we worked, we brought, we fell a bunch of times, but we got back up and grew the business to where uh, it's at today. We flipped over $60 million in real estate in just the last four years. We flipped over, I think probably about 300 properties now. Um, and, you know, I love what we do. You know, I love my team. You know, we've built a team now. There is, uh, there's about in total 12 of us uh, on the team in the wholesale and the fix and flip uh, and development division. So um, giving you the super fast version, it wasn't easy, but that's sort of uh, where, where I'm at today. Last year, um, I opened up the uh, Flip Boss Academy so that I can also train uh, aspiring real estate investors that, that were, you know, so that I can train them the way that I was trained online to achieve financial freedom. Uh, for themselves, just like I was able to do for myself. So that's something that we're really excited about. And we have a new course coming out here in the next few months with the 2.0 version. And why do you, why did you become an entrepreneur? Like what are the, what are the key traits of a successful entrepreneur? Well, I was burnt out working in my job in retail. I worked, um, uh, you know, m Monday through Saturday, uh, you know, six days a week. Um, every single Saturday I work, every holiday. Um, you know, when I first got in, I used to work every other Sunday and every Saturday. So um, it was a little bit more of a, of a burnout for me. Um, and, you know, losing the first marriage and, and, and wanting to spend more time with family and just the idea of freedom was just, it was too much for me. I had to do it, you know? Uh, so I had that desire to, to become it. And I believe that one of the traits, and I mentioned this in my interview with the Napoleon Hill um, uh, uh, fan page yesterday, uh, I talked about one of the, the, the key ingredients, and I think the first one is to have desire. Because if you don't, if you don't have desire to to have the freedom, if you don't have the desire, you know, there's just people that don't, they're okay with going nine to five, making a, a, a okay decent check paying their bills and then sitting down on a couch and maybe smoke a joint, grab a beer. I don't know, maybe or, or not. Um, but uh, just some people are just okay with, I guess, the status quo. If you're not and you truly have the desire and you're going to need it um, because uh, it's going to be hard work. It's it's not it's not easy. It's a it's you could say it's a journey. It's probably more of a process than a journey, but it's a process that takes a lot of work and grind. You got to be willing to fall and get back up and fall and get back up and fall and get back up. We still fall today in our business. We have a successful business, but we fall at times. We're going to have a bad week. We might have a bad quarter, but that doesn't mean that you're going to give up and you're going to get discouraged. You have to, you know, have the wherewithal, the stamina, the endurance 
to keep going, keep grinding, keep pushing. And when you and you mentioned that you also had a family and you were basically broken down on the inside. How did you still manage to take the risk and jump into entrepreneurship because that's a huge risk and especially when you have a family to support. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a quote that I used to hear back when I was in the automotive business which is um you know, getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think that I was sick and tired for years. and i waited probably too long i mean although i think everything happens in its perfect timing uh, i waited uh, you know i was you know in this industry just grinding through but the money was good so the money was kind of the uh, sort of the chain that uh, that and that keeps a lot of people working in some jobs they hate but because the money's good they're staying in it but i rather make money good money and do what i love and i i believe that you know with in the inter, in the, the information age that we're living in today with all of the content that's out there free content there's if you really have the desire to be an entrepreneur there's no excuse um you know the the the, the videographer that i work with uh, my friend uh he's a friend of videography that i met in the automotive uh, business he was doing the same thing the same grind that i was and he found a new passion in audio video and now we're doing work together uh and he's now an entrepreneur and uh, so it doesn't have to be real estate it doesn't have to be uh 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 online anyway, a lot of people are getting into online it doesn't have to be online sales or or flipping um you know flipping products or what i mean there's so many avenues pick an avenue that you can get excited about and even if let's say you do, it's not your passion it doesn't have to be your passion your passion could be a charitable uh, uh organization you know maybe you love animals and you want to uh, uh, uh visit animal sanctuaries across across the world that was one of the things that i've heard recently but you can work in something that you like and enjoy you don't have it doesn't have to be 100% your passion but if it is it's going to be a little easier it's going to be easier to get up in the morning but if you can do something that you enjoy doing and you love it and when you go to bed you go to bed with peace and when you get up in the morning you get up with peace and you get up with an energy and you get up with an excitement you're going to do well because you're willing to put in the work you're willing to put in the passion so um my advice would be is if you are an inspi- aspiring entrepreneur just start doing it you know, d- don't you know the sooner you do it um the the sooner you're going to find the success the sooner you're going to fail and with more failures comes ultimate success because you learn from the you make mistakes and you learn from the mistakes and with that you adjust you adapt you adjust and then you'll find your success so that's that's what i would say to anyone that's that's interested in in becoming an entrepreneur just find something that you like to do doesn't 100% have to be something that you absolutely need to be falling in love with you might fall in love i wasn't fully in love with real estate but i learned and started to fall in love with it as i started doing it because i also found the mentoring and coaching side which i wasn't oh, when i first got in the business of investing i didn't know that i was getting going to get in the coaching and mentoring side um and um that's fred york the videographer producer he's he's saying goodbye so um as i got in real estate investing and started to enjoy it and like it i realized that i had a passion to help others do the same that's where the flip boss academy was derived it was derived from me being a real estate investor becoming an expert becoming a master in my field 
and then say, man, I can teach others to do this too. And I can make money also teaching others to do it and enjoy it and and and, and make money for others. And we've made lots of money for a lot of our students. So um, that's been an exciting sort of passion that is attached to um, the, the real estate investing business. And when you talk about doing something you love, I had a question. So let's take a hypothetical scenario. Let's say you live in a neighborhood where everyone is gardening and literally everyone is a gardener. And let's say that the nearing gardening supply store is about six kilometers away. So there's a massive, there's a massive opportunity for you if you opened up a gardening shop in your neighborhood. So, that, but let's say that you don't, you don't like gardening, and now gardening isn't the kind of thing that's going to wake you up. But then there's a massive opportunity. What would you do? Would you, would you jump up on the opportunity, or would you be like, okay, I don't like gardening. I'm not going to do it. Well, I would ask, what are the other options, right? I would say, what are, um, you know, you see there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to make money. Are you in a need right now? If you're in a need, well, get your ass up and go to work because within that freaking opportunity, maybe you're just going to, maybe you ain't going to love it, but you might just make a barrel full of cash. And guess what? When you have a barrel full of cash, Remember we talked about the right side of the quadrant. We can go from a business owner to an investor. And now you can invest that money and get a return. Maybe you can buy an apartment building after saving cash for three, four years. So um, opportunity should be taken, I believe. And if that's an opportunity you don't want to take, well, then see if you have another opportunity. But if, you, if that's the opportunity or the only one, well, then jump on it and find yourself learning uh, through the process of hard work and grind. Uh, and put yourself in a position to now buy a business, buy into a business, or invest in a business that you do have more passion for, that you can get excited. And for every business, you need capital. So, one is how do you? So, what are your tips on convincing venture capitalists to invest in your firm? Because that's the primary way most startups raise capital. And what are your other ways of bringing in capital? Well, I've always, I've, you know, I like growing the business organically. I've had opportunities to give up 50% of my company, 30% of my company, uh, even right, right as I pulled the trigger. Uh, you know, Grant Cardone's very well known. He's here in South Florida. He wanted me to run his acquisitions division for the apartment uh, acquisitions that he's doing. He's, he's buying up hundreds of millions of this stuff. Um, but I did not want to, uh, I, where I was at mentally, I didn't want to work even as a partnership uh, percentage for or with someone. I was very, very focused to start my own, even if it was tougher and I was going to be broke for, I, I didn't care. My focus was I wanted my own thing, I wanted to be responsible for my own results. And so uh, I've also had uh, a hedge fund uh, manager that uh, was fixing and flipping and buying and all this stuff uh, here and um, uh, over on Hollandale Beach. And uh, and I learned a lot from him. I did partner up with him on some deals and he did fund some deals for me. And yes, I was able to raise capital, but I was giving up huge equity. Uh, and we were doing all the work and all the grind, finding the deal, you know, selling the deal, fixing it, you know. I was just getting a check written and handed to me. So what I've learned was that I needed to make more than 50% if I'm going to acquire it, find it, renovate it, construct it, sell it, do all this work in the beginning. It's great. And I would say to you, if you got into that field, if you could just get into a couple of joint venture deals to get your the ball rolling for yourself, I'm totally good with partnerships. Okay. I just, I would, I would just 
encourage you to keep it a temporary, you know, have, you know, do short term partnerships, which you can do in real estate. Maybe there's some business, there's a business that you can't, um, but don't give up so much equity. You know, if you're what, even watch shark tank and they'll, they'll, you'll get an education there. Uh, the smart ones will, that they, they don't give up big chunks of equity in their business just to raise money. Um, you're better off organically building the business without pouring thousands of marketing dollars into any business. You can grow it organically and build it up yourself and keep all your equity. And if you need to bring somebody in, you need to raise funds, get, get it on debt, get get a loan, um, as opposed to giving up a bigger chunk of equity. Now, granted, there's always scenarios where you might have to give up uh, equity, but I think in most cases, I personally would prefer to grow it organically. And if I need funds to work the loan route, get a loan from someone, private loan, private money loan, SBA loan, uh, you know, uh, you know, any type of loan that you can get, you know, like in real estate, you would get a conventional loan or a hard money loan. So I would say first, do everything you can to grow it, uh, uh, grow it up organically as quick as you can and then borrow. That's, that's my, that's the, been my strategy. That's, that's worked for me. And, and it's kept me in a position where I, I have all, you know, I have hundred percent of equity in both companies. And if you had to describe the mindset of an entrepreneur, what would, you, what would be the key traits and key characteristics of that kind of mindset? Would it be simply just accepting failure or is it going to be something more? I think it, there. I think there's quite a few things there um, and that's a great question. And it starts with, you know, being passionate and having the desire, uh, developing faith, developing a, a, a powerful belief in yourself to, you know, get, 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 get worked up uh, and pumped up in a huge belief in yourself. Build up your confidence, uh, build up your faith, and and take massive, repetitive action. Just do it. When you have a blueprint, when you have a plan, and you believe that plan is going to be successful, and you have some evidence of that, maybe you've done some research, and you you followed the blueprint of some of the investors that maybe you're following. Take massive actions. Lots of activity phone calls, contacts, meet people, shake hands, pat the backs, you know, uh, getting, get, get immersed in your business and, and have a mindset to become a master. Say to yourself and commit to yourself, I'm going to be a master, an expert, an authority, a trusted advisor in my field of business, because that will attract you, you will become a magnet to business people will call you on the phone to give you money to loan you money but they want to be involved in your business because they see your success they see that you're a master and um you know mace i don't know if you ever know mace mace used to rap with puff daddy it was puff back then mace said i don't chase the money man money chase me oh you know what he wasn't just saying that to rap the money will chase you when you're an expert in your field. People want to give you money because they know that you're going to turn a profit for them, you know? And so that's the experience we've had, you know, and I've had my business because of the grind, the work, the taking massive, but failing, failing over and over again until I, you know, until I'm able to become a master uh, at my craft. So that's the mindset that you need. And when you talk about mindset, I wanted to ask you, the statistics show that about 80 to 90% of all entrepreneurs who start a business fail. 
Why do you think the numbers are so alarming and what can you do as an entrepreneur to change that? And what can you like take steps so that you don't like, like what yeah. steps can you take so that you don't join the 90% who fail? If you, uh, if you get into a business that has a proven track record, a proven track record of success, why wouldn't you achieve success? Why would, why would John Doe, uh, that's flipping properties, right? Or he's in the financial service hustle, um, or maybe he's uh, flipping cars even, you know, there's wholesalers that flip cars, right? I'm just using them as an example. If there is a successful real estate investor or a successful fin- financial service or a successful insurance agent or a successful uh, automotive car dealer, why couldn't you also be successful, right? That's the mindset you have to have is believing that, hey, there's a, they're, they're making money in this industry. And, and, and obviously, you know, maybe there's not that much competition. Maybe there's a lot of competition, but there's still opportunity, right? Why wouldn't you have success? What's stopping you? The only thing that will stop you is you. So you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to win. I'm going to be successful in this industry. I'm going to do whatever it takes to educate myself, to learn everything that I can, get all the knowledge that I can in this industry, and I'm going to work it. I'm going to put, I'm going to put hours and hours and hours in so that I understand what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about, and I'm going to go get it. So when you get the knowledge and you're taking lots of activity, lots of massive action, you're going to get results. The results are going to come. Now, you may need to find that you may need to make a shift and a shift in this niche. Maybe if you're an insurance salesperson, you may say, well, I don't know if I want to be in health. Um, I need to be in commercial trucking. Maybe I'm going to do commercial trucking insurance because that niche, a little untapped, it's, there's less competition. You can find the niche once you start getting into it. Um, and that's what I was doing with what I did with real estate is I found the niche in real estate that worked best for me and then capitalized on it. Okay. So. You're taking the action. You're getting starting to get results. Now you're getting good. You're, you're becoming a believer and confidence is building up. Okay. And then as you get confidence, you get more results, more action. You keep pushing. You're going to fail. You keep pushing through. And then uh, you're going to ultimately get, uh, you're going to get momentum now. Momentum is going to happen and confidence and belief comes with that. And you start to innovate and scale. And if you're in a business that you can, obviously any business can be innovative. And if you can scale that business, you scale it, and then you repeat the process over again. You go back and you refine the business. You see, how can I do it better? How can I get my expenses down? How can I get my profits up? It's a never-ending cycle of increasing profits, adding value for your clients, and cutting your expenses. And if you're constantly doing that, then you're going to have increased profits. You can, you can pay your associates more money. Your clients will have better customer service and it's a winning formula. So it's basically all in you. I'm sorry? So it's basically all in you. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. So it's basically all inside yourself, your success. Right. It's, all, it's all within. The success, okay, or lack of success is 100% internal, not external. Okay. And if you keep your mindset focused on winning and, and your, your body in taking action, you, you can't, you won't fail. 
you won't fail. You may fail for a short time and a short scenario for a month, a week, a quarter, but you will ultimately win because you will keep pushing through until you win. And then when you win, you will you will get better at winning be- through the experience. And when you were talking about competition, I just wanted to ask you. So when you're flipping houses, you're probably going to be like a thousand, ten thousand other flippers in the U.S. itself. So how are you going to? How are you able to deal with the competition? Especially when you're starting, when you're not in real estate, it's going to be competition elsewhere. If you start, say, a digital marketing agency or be thousands of digital marketing agencies online, what? How do you like differentiate yourself from uh, the other? I, I found out I, I was. When I was going to get into the real estate flipping business, when I was 100% all in, the one thing that I did was I wanted to see what who were the top players in my market and what are they doing. And I met with them and I picked their brain. And uh, I've already had my my blueprint model studied and and ready to take action with. But I did want to see what were what's my competition. And in our business, we don't really call it competition. We do a lot of joint ventures in this business. I want to see what they were doing. So I met with them. I found out what they were doing, and it's interesting. I was expecting more from what I learned, and I realized that this was a market that I thought that I could dominate in my in my local region with some time and some effort and lots of hard work. And so my my mindset was to be, and is always to be the number one uh, in my niche. I always want to be number one in my in my niche and. Um, and it's been it's it's you call it an ego, but it's a goal. It's a it's a it's a it's a never-ending goal to be the best that I can be, give the best service, uh, and we're always pushing to do uh, more and more business. So um, that was you know one of the things that when when I first got in is I made sure to find out what others are doing so that I can see how can I also do that and and maybe even do a better job and maybe offer more. Uh, how can I, you know, questions I ask myself: How can I offer more value to my clients? How can I increase my profitability? And how can I decrease the expenses or the cost of doing business? And so those are the questions that I ask myself and start to, with my team as a mastermind, we brainstorm every morning on that: How can we, uh, how can we scale better? How can we market better? How can we get more sales? Get more profits? One of the things that we spend. Time, which which the which is the mastermind principle that I've learned from thinking grow rich book. And as an entrepreneur, you've got to stay focused on your vision, uh, on your business, your mission, and your vision. But then the problem is most entrepreneurs get distracted by all the cool cars and all the girls and all the stuff they see on Instagram and you know people busy smoking weed on island in Jamaica as Gary Vee says. So, what are your tips on not getting distracted and just staying focused on building your brand and your business? Have have your vision set. In your mind, uh, if you ever seen like a vision board, um, where uh, which I have, I have a vision board where it's a big whiteboard has all the pictures of all the the goals and the comp- accomplishments and the things that I, I that I'm looking for. It's my why. It's it's my 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 family in a picture traveling. It's it's the my my my. Uh, my Gulfstream uh, 650 now I think it's up to or 750 jet that I want to travel in to buy real estate. It's uh, it's having the vision constantly there, uh, knowing what you're going for. Um, and you know I learned from Zig Ziglar years ago. You set a goal, you write it down, and you take massive action on it. So 
repetition. We just talk about repetition in my post. Repetition is the mother of all learning. So if I'm writing my goals down, focused, I'm visualizing them, I'm imagining them. This is the, the this powerful spirit side of life, which is we have imagination. We have our thought processes. Through our thoughts and through our imaginations, we create. We create our day through our thoughts and through our imaginations and through our beliefs of what we think is going to happen today. So to constantly keep in my mindset the things that I want, my why, my reason for grinding every day, my reason for getting up, my, my reason for hustling, and keeping it in my awareness, visualizing the things happen that I want to happen, and then eventually starting to see it manifest, the, the actuality, the reality, the physical reality of those goals starting to happen constantly. And as I get my goals, I raise my bars constantly. I've been writing goals and setting goals for years since I've been, uh, since I started selling cars in the car business. And I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about real estate too. So when most people have a mortgage, how do they get started investing in real estate? Because real estate is pretty expensive nominally. It does produce returns, but it's still expensive. So what are your tips on getting started? To get started on real tips for getting started on real estate? Yeah. Get into real, uh, wholesale real estate. What's uh, that? Wholesale real estate offers different ways to um, to do to do deals with no money down, limited money down. Um, it's a, a little bit of a quicker sale. You can get paid a little quicker more often. Um, and then eventually, what will happen is, as you learn how to flip wholesale real estate, you can then get into bigger projects, buy multifamily for positive cash flow. Uh, development projects, uh, you know, regular fix and flip renovations, commercial properties. We, you know, we, we, we recently bought the property where our office is. It's a warehouse, flex, and an office space. You know, us being in real estate and understanding it and starting off in wholesale really, you know, taught us how to find real deals, even with commercial deals, multifamily projects, and so on and so forth. So, if you want to get involved in in real estate, I would say start with wholesale, especially if you're limited on funds. And then learn as you go and find out what it is that you, what sides of real estate that you that you really like to work and that you want to pursue. What exactly is wholesale and real estate? Well, wholesale real estate. Uh, I explained that in my academy. You're basically uh, you're finding a motivated seller that needs to sell quickly for cash, and you're getting that property under contract to buy, and. While you're getting it under contract to buy with a seller that needs to sell quickly, okay? There's a million reasons why you know foreclosure, tenants not paying rent, the properties falling apart, so on and so forth. Um, so you get that uh, property under contract to buy, and then at the same time you're finding a buyer that wants it. So you're bringing as a, as a joint agent, or I should I should say as a, as a wholesaler, basically, you are selling your equitable interest now to a buyer that you find. So you're putting the two together. You're putting the seller and the buyer together and you're collecting a fee. So you might get a property under contract for $100,000 and you find a, a buyer for $120,000. On the day of closing, you get an assignment fee or a fee for $20,000 and rinse and repeat. So you're so fine. It's, it's the never ending process of finding sellers that need to sell quickly and then putting the putting them together with the buyers. So it's kind of like drop shipping. <laughs> and it's yeah, you're flipping, right? Drop shipping, you're flipping products that yeah. you didn't you didn't, you know, make, right? So in a sense, yeah, that's what it is. And what are your tips on picking a property? Like your quick tips on picking a property, not going into too much detail. In terms of picking a property? 
uh, yeah, to flip. You know, that's that's that becomes sort of a, I guess, an art over time that you learn how to walk properties, how to look at them, um, how to how to how to evaluate what are they worth when they're fixed up, how to evaluate how much uh, work is needed, and uh, is there going to be profit? You know, if I buy a property, you know, for a hundred thousand. And it can be sold for two hundred thousand after repairs. How much repairs do I need? Is it fifty? Is it sixty? So I have to find out. It's a process of learning. How much can a property sell for completely renovated? How much can I buy it for? And how much is it going to cost to fix it? And all of the expenses that go with that. And once you determine and you you learn how to determine that, you'll you'll determine how much profit you can make. Now, when you're flipping as a wholesaler, you need to leave room. For your investor, your buyer, to make money after they fix it up and flip it, so you can't sell them a property, make twenty thousand dollars, and then you sell it over to them for too too high of a price, and then they can't make money. So they may need to make thirty, forty, or fifty. So the 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 spread needs to be there, but that's a process that you'll learn with time. And if you had to, uh, and then if you had to analyze tenants to. Take over your property, like to live in your property. What were your what were your tips on finding the right tenants? Well, I mean, f- I, yeah, I, you know that's an area that is not the funnest area for me. I I, I don't get excited. I uh, just never been big on on finding tenants and putting them in and managing them. And so whenever I have uh, a uh, a property that I'm renting and, and I need a tenant, I I do turn that over to a property management company. I just for I think when you're starting out, I think it's great for you to manage your own properties, but I think at some point it gets to a point where you need to, uh, you know, I want to work on on certain things that I feel bring the most value back to me, and I don't feel finding tenants and going through that whole process is the best use of my time, and nor I nor do I like it. I, I don't like it. So I would say, and you know, if you like doing it, it's something that you have to, you know, you you, you want to go back to mastering that, right? We talked about. You know, there's enough information out there that uh, you can find to learn how to deal with tenants and what are the best strategies and so on and so forth. And if you're in a position where you can bring in a property manager, uh, I would always recommend to do that first, if unless you really want to manage tenants and you and that gets you excited. And, and would you prefer the average person get into real estate over the stock market because the stock market is easy, like is much cheaper than getting into real estate? But then thing is, there's always Donald Trump and Xi Jinping, and you know they always say something, and then it just gets too volatile, and people start losing money there. So, would you say that real estate is safer than the stock market for the I'm average not, retail investor? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm. I will say I'm very biased when it comes to that that type of question because I don't like paper assets. Um, never really have, and 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 I know people do well. It's not my game, you know. Uh, you know Warren Buffett, right? Perfect. Perfect uh, example of of investing in paper assets. He's a master at that. He says that he sticks into his, I believe he calls it his sphere of understanding or circle of competence. Yes, yeah, sphere of competence. What is it now? Circle of competence. So, so, circle of. There you go. Thank you. You knew that. I like that. Circle of competence. So, uh, I like to stay in my circle of competence, and that's not uh, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. I. You know, my my theory is: Do I want to put my money in the hands of some CEO that I don't know, can't really trust, 
Um, and there's great businesses out there that maybe some people should invest in. I wouldn't be the guy to, to ask for that type of advice. I like real estate. I know real estate goes up and down too, um, but I have more control, uh, a lot more control. I feel when I'm buying a real estate asset because I have multiple options. I can buy it, I can sell it right away, I can flip it, hotel it, wholesale it, uh, keep it and rent it out, Airbnb, uh, renovate it and sell it. You know, for me, I have four, five, six options, I feel. So why would I want to just take 100 grand or whatever, 250 grand, put it in some stock that I think is going to go up and it might. Um, and then who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't, since I don't, you know, Warren Buffett would be the guy, like if you wanted to invest, if you could even ever follow him and really follow his tracks and buy at his price, because, you know, he buys at a certain price we're not getting it for. So I like the control. That I have with real estate and my returns are you know amazing in comparison to like any you know they're eons ahead of any return that I, you can get uh that i've seen and my friends that have paper that much more than, than the returns they're gonna have there and i'm working in it too so i have an advantage you know so so that's my take on that it's probably very much like uh similar to like what you would hear robert kiyosaki say um about you know he's freaked out about money right and their cash and and paper assets he hates it with a passion and i get it and 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 i sort of dislike it for the same reasons that he does and how do you not get distracted as a real estate investor especially in years like 2005 2006 when uh, when the real estate market actually went up about 500 percent a year in california how do you not get excited and just jump into uh, jump into those get rich quick kind of returns because they're not gonna because they're not actually gonna get you rich quick discipline really that's why yeah. having the blue that's yeah that's why having the blueprint um and then sticking to it while it's working and growing uh and uh and if you can uh you know innovate as you go you're, you're gonna see you're we're gonna go through these cycles right you're gonna have a cycle that's going to uh i believe this real estate cycle i, I believe there's some type of a correction coming I, you know i don't i don't know exactly when and how i think maybe sometime in the end of 2020 um, but you have to be able to shift gear. So if I'm in the real estate industry and the market shifts downward, I have to change my strategy. My, maybe my fix and flip and wholesale method may not work. I may need to find something. I may need to get into commercial Airbnb, different look at maybe I have to get out of South Florida and go into you know, Georgia or Tennessee. So, um, it's being ready, willing and able to change and shift. If you if you're ready, willing, and able to change and shift, then you're you're going to be able to catch some trends and and at the right time and 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 also real estate's a long game, right? So I'm, I'm my business is built regardless of what happens in the real estate market to stay in the long game to shift when needed, and I think that that's important in any business that you're in because you don't want to be in a position when a shift in the market changes it and it puts you out of business, right? Ask yourself, what can I do in my business or field that should a shift happen? Where can I uh, switch, shift my niche to? You know, so those are the questions you ask yourself today when things are going well, so that you're prepared for things when things change. Absolutely. And most, and then like, just like you, most entrepreneurs have failed schools. So do you believe that traditional education is actually failing the world? Would you agree with that in statement? A sense it is. I think in a sense it is. I dropped out um, in the ninth grade. They did not figure out how to handle someone like me in a sense of 
keeping me excited, mentally stimulated. Um, <laughs> they, they had no answer for me. They had no answer for me. And they don't, they don't have an answer for many. And it's sad, it's sad when I'm interviewing people that have went through all those years in college, masters. I had guys with uh, guys and girls with master's degrees and M MBAs and, and I'm a high school dropout in the ninth grade and I'm hiring them. And I'm, I'm making three, four, five, six times what they've ever made. I, I don't know. I think that's a fail somewhere in there. Just some, something's not right. I think something needs to change. Um, and um, I, I'm not an I'm not I'm not your advocate for, for that type of change in the edu educational world. But I will be honest and say that I think something needs to change. And I think it's not right that these colleges are getting four, five, six, seven years worth of money out of these these poor students and putting them in debt for life can't even get out of a, of a freaking student loan okay putting them in debt for life and then they're going to work for some nut job entrepreneur like me that just never paid attention to school for a freaking day in his life basically so i think in that sense yeah there, there's there's something something's not right there and if you had to like if you had to like suggest something for like a kid like me or any young entre any young guy who wants to become an entrepreneur what would it be well, I would say that see, see what you get, see what gets you excited. See if you can make money in it, and be try to be the, have a mindset to be the best at it. Because if you can make, if you can do something you like, and you could be the best at it, or you or you can take a shot at being the best at it. Take lots of action, and you will you will find results. You you will you can make it happen. If there's no money. In the thing that you like to do, in the passion, don't worry about it. Find something that you can enjoy, and go at it, and be the best at it, and grow, and focus on progress every every month, every year. Progress. You're not going to win overnight. You win over time. So think about next month, next year, next five years, next ten years. Where do you want to be? Next fifteen, next twenty. If you're young. You, you you can be you can be a high risk high reward taker now's the time at your age now's the time to shoot for what you like to do and just learn so much about it right now just learn every inch of the business the marketing side the business side the account, everything that you can learn you'll be a master soon enough and when you're a master what did i say earlier the business comes to you so if the business yeah. is coming to you i promise you you're doing well and if you had to give uh, if you had to give people tips on not jumping into a hype like not only real estate but also in entrepreneurship or as well as in life because when bitcoin started going up super fast everyone suddenly became a cryptocurrency expert and when gary we started talking about the power of power of social media everyone became a social media expert and influencer so how do you not just jump into the hype and focus on the game does it still just come down to discipline it does i fully jumped into crypto and um <laughs> you know, I jumped in first. I got I got caught into the hype, but I got it early enough, thank God. Um, and I just left it alone. I, you know, I I jumped in, and then I said, okay, I'm just going to be a ho a hot. You know, they call it hotler. And, you know, you're you're a hot you're a hotler when you're holding cryptocurrency. So yeah. I just I jumped in. I put some money in there, and I just left it. And I'm not even. It went back up again, and it's great. Um, I did get caught up in that hype, but I think there's something there. And if it isn't, I'm prepared. To lose everything, I mentally put it in there as a potential long-term home run. 
my battery just went to twenty percent, so I didn't close it out. So yeah, I my thing is I'm looking for the potential uh, home run, and uh, I'm okay if I don't get it. If I do, great. If I don't, that's fine. Um, but I think that for yes, a younger entrepreneur, I believe keep researching. Do 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 your due diligence. Really, there's so much information out there that you don't have to, you don't have to rush to throw money at something. I've been one to throw. I like a high risk, high reward. I, I like to take chances. But there's some times where I re- I've realized I'm like, you know what? I could have just waited another day. I could have waited another week. I could have waited another month to understand it better. So I I would say to a young entrepreneur, get understanding. Get the knowledge, but at some point you better pull the trigger. Don't sit back and analyze and analyze and analyze. Get enough information. Overthink, and, yeah. And go, yeah. Get the information and go, and um, and you're gonna see that the action you took will pay off dividends, even if it's not in that business down the road. But just the fact that you took action, you developed a discipline that you need to be a successful entrepreneur. And at the end. When when you become an entrepreneur and let's say you buy, let's say you start a Shopify store and you actually make a couple of sales and what happens and then how do you stop yourself from becoming overconfident that okay so I've got a couple of sales so I'm going to get a thousands of sales I can just retire passive income blah 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 and how do you stop yourself from becoming overconfident from there and how do you remain humble? I think the it's the evolution and the ongoing of getting better. At what you're doing, because old ways don't work today. And if you get, you don't want to get stuck in that cycle of doing the same thing over and over again, flipping uh, phones, iPhones on eBay or Amazon. It wasn't the same that it was, you know, two, three, four, five years ago. I, I haven't even done that business. I just know it hasn't been. This, it's not exactly the same because it can't be, because things are constantly evolving. So you have to be open. You have to have that mind opened up. To change the game at at a moment's notice, the billionaires, the best successful entrepreneurs, are always ready, willing, and able to shift if necessary. If you do that, and that's I think that part of that might be considered staying humble, staying humble, not thinking that your method of doing business today is just going to work forever, because it's likely not. Um, and and you have to be willing and ready to make those changes. And if you do that, you'll you'll be fine. And to wrap up the interview, I wanted to ask you if you had to give three pieces of advice for life and entrepreneurship, what would they be? You know, three pieces. I think there's you need more than three. Um, <laughs> but if I had to give you like the three that that that'll I can maybe just wing off the top of my head is um, get yourself excited about the the journey, love it, feel it, you know, imagine it, imagine it at at its peak. Uh, what you What would it, you know, what would it look like if you could accomplish the what the thing that you want to accomplish, the business, the ultimate business for you? What would that look like for you if you can get it? Now get that imagination going, get that brain going, start thinking about it. Think about it day and night. Think about it all through the day, and then get the knowledge. Get the knowledge to become great at it, and then you better take action because without that, there is just conversation. So see it, believe it, set the goal. Okay, get the mindset. Imagine that you're you're get you're accomplishing your goals. Believe it, write them down. I'll I'll call that one. Okay. The second thing would be to take massive repetitive action. 
on the things that you're going to get the knowledge. Let me go back. Number two would be get the knowledge, become a master, and then take heavy, heavy, heavy action in 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 that business. Get to work. Entrepreneurship is not easy. This is not for the. It's not for soft people. It's not for people that are lazy. Not for people that that that, that don't want to work. You do those three things, I promise you, you have success. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Craig. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, and um, looking forward to seeing the growth on this channel. What's your What are your goals here with this this channel here with the show? Oh, you know so I just so I just wanted uh, I just wanted to make it kind of investing, entrepreneurship, and being successful, and then like success oriented. So that's what my goal is with the platform.